know, I have to study if I want to do anything else on earth, pretty much. But create a human and figure that out. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing for it. You're on no your course. own. <laughs> You'll be yeah. fine. Um, no, we won't because we're not set up for success. We've literally gone to school from the time we're like five and we have always studied so that we can do something. Then we always have like, you know, a mentor or a manager at work so that we have somebody to support us and, you know, someone who's done things before so that they might be able to help us as we grow. And motherhood is like essentially, or parenthood is essentially the only thing that we don't do that for. And I just think that's completely wild. Okay, good morning, guys. Welcome to another episode of The Morning Juice. I'm super excited for today's conversation. It's one that I've been wanting to have for a while. Um, I think when you become a new mom, the shift happens within you and and there's a lot of questions that are unanswered. So I'm really excited for today. So today's guest, and I'll read it out because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, Today's (laughs) guest is a mother of two. She's an accredited social worker and a postpartum (laughs) doula, uh, providing support to professionals online and in home. She has over five qualifications under her belt. She's also a perinatal counsellor and the podcast host of Postpartum Like a Boss. Gemma, welcome to the show and thank you for taking the time out to have a chat with me today. (laughs) No worries. And thank you for getting through my very um, interesting titles. (laughs) (laughs) It's always hard. When somebody says, what's a postpartum doula? Everyone looks at you like, oh gosh, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about there. Oh, no, I'm genuinely so grateful that you're here today because, like I said, this, you know, this shift happens within you as a mum. And I think when I became mum and I've had my son, he's just turned one and um, I couldn't quite describe the feelings, the emotions that was happening um, and I couldn't define what they were. So I guess I wanted to start with those fragile first uh, few months and the emotions that you go through as a first-time mum or even a first-time dad and what the main postpartum emotions you find women are going through. Yeah, I suppose like um, it's a really interesting one because I think there's um, an expectation from a lot of people about what things will be like when you become a mum. So we hear like all these stories of like, oh, it's the most love you'll ever feel for a person and, you know, it's like amazing and magical. Or you could have heard the opposite, like you'll never sleep again and it's going to be so hard. Um, but so we go into it not not exactly knowing what to expect. And then in those first few like hours, days, months, um, there's like a whole lot of stuff that we're experiencing. But I think it's not um, the emotions themselves that are confusing. I think it's the fact of how different they all are. So I think there's one post on my Instagram that I know that you've seen and a lot of people resonated with um, talking about the the early um, emotions. And basically it says, you know, you can be feel proud and really content that you've, you've finally got your baby here. And at the same time, you can feel really lost and you can feel really, really lonely because you are just there with your right. baby. Right. Um, especially during COVID. Cause we found out. Oh my like, goodness, especially had- <laughs> during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had babies during COVID, which meant that there's less, even more isolation than normal. Um, then, you know, in the very same day, you can feel really satisfied and really relieved that like, here you are, you're doing it, you're a mom and, and you're doing a good job. And then the next minute you can feel really like anxious or really confused about a decision that you have to make or lots and lots of women feel really anxious about the health of their baby, um, which again, 
COVID on top of that has just amplified that for a lot of people. But even pre-COVID, this was a real thing. Um, then at the same time, you can feel really in love and really happy about what's going on because, you know, it is your baby. You've just made a human. It can feel really overwhelming. Um, and then you can feel like really resentful and really mad about not getting sleep and not having freedom anymore. So I think, I think all of that together just means that it's a really confusing time of feeling absolutely definitely. wonderful and really horrible at the definitely. same time. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I, cause I was, yeah, I was going through, I guess the work um, and your insights and the things that you choose to share on social media. And, and you talk a lot about the emotions and the joy in postpartum or the anger in postpartum. And I was going through the dot points thinking, oh my goodness, that was me. Um, and you talk about resentment and, and I, and this is something that I've struggled with. And I'm sure a lot of people listening, or a lot of mums um, struggle with as well is, you find your other partner has a lot more free time than you do. And, and I had, I did a podcast with my partner just last week and we talked a lot about that where communication was massive for us because I felt so different and my feelings towards him changed as well. So I think as you were speaking about all these different emotions that we we're going through, um, as a lot of those tied to the way we feel about our partner. I mean, yeah, I think everything's really um, interlinked and I think that's why it's so complex and why communication like you've just been talking about is really key because those emotions are affected by um, external factors as well like obviously if we just talk about sleep deprivation which is something that happens to pretty much 99.9 percent .9 of anyone who has a baby um, so sleep deprivation means that you, you have less resilience and this is for both partners uh, which means that you experience emotions more because you just you don't have as much control over yourself yeah. as you normally would yeah and then you've got all the things going on with your partner so you know yeah you can you can feel really resentful because your partner does have more freedom but it doesn't it that doesn't mean that you know it's the right way to go about it or the wrong way it just can be it can be kind of like is what it is and you just need to be able to um to talk about it but definitely everything is linked between especially between your physical health and what what happens mentally right and I also felt on the on the up hand I also felt more connected to him we always talk about it too how much I love him differently or you know I feel a deeper connection um towards um, our partner so I think there's also the happiness um on the other side the joy in postpartum and that's I guess one of the many joys that um that I found as well after yeah after having uh, my son so yeah no that's awesome so um so you're a postpartum doula and a perinatal counsellor but for those that don't know what that is um exactly yep. um are you able to <laughs> share people. a bit about what that is and I guess how you got to becoming a postpartum doula yeah so basically um I uh, had just like a normal job and I was studying my master's and I was super busy being awesome doing everything and then I got pregnant and was like oh okay um well I have to stay at work now so I'm I've just graduated but I'm not going to do social work because I now need my maternity leave um and then I suppose even whilst I was pregnant like I definitely started to feel even what you were just talking about I felt like a really great sense of connection to my partner and I was feeling some really good things and then at the very same time I was like completely freaking out about what it would mean and what I would need to give up and I felt really um 
guilty about thinking about myself <laughs> because like here I am this vehicle for another human and all of these things but like all I could think of was oh my goodness what does this mean for me and nobody could talk to me about that there was there was nowhere for me to turn because all of the support was really around like how to parent how to give birth um, nothing was about like how do you feel about what your life is going to be like so um, I had my baby um, I had a postpartum like I've just discussed like it was all over the shop and I was like so happy and then so not happy I was like loving a moment and then if my son wouldn't go to sleep I could like intensely hate the next couple of hours and it just I just found it really overwhelming and confusing to be honest so I ended up going back to work a bit earlier than I thought that first time um, and got pregnant with my second son and kind of did the whole thing over again um, all of this time I really really wanted to do um, social work I'd previously done placements overseas and um, even in Australia with refugee children so I was yeah, I was really keen on doing that work, but I couldn't figure out how to make it work when I had to keep on taking leave and going through all this stuff. So um, then once I, oh, I did find out what a birth doula was for my first birth as well. So I did hire one um, to help me through my first birth and I did find that good. Um, but I'd never heard of a postpartum doula before and yeah. I knew that I wouldn't be able to um be a birth doula because births happen 24 hours a day and I have babies <laughs> yeah. yeah I've heard of, of a birth um a birth doula as well so, but yeah I think when I came across a postpartum doula, yeah never heard of that seems to be like only um in America it's been a thing for a while but in Australia um it hasn't been so I found on Instagram a postpartum doula during my second pregnancy I think and I was like yes this is great because as a postpartum doula, you can talk to people in their pregnancies about like things to expect. And most of what I do is just unpacking how people are feeling about their own life, which should be something that we should Def do. It definitely should, should be that. a thing because that is <laughs> that is the that is the support that we need um, as new mums and all these feelings that we kind of hinder from talking about. And I've and I have a few friends that have gone through say postpartum depression, and most of the um, reasons why they never reached out was because they felt like they were a burden or they didn't know how to how to talk about it and it's the fear of you know not looking like a bad mom or the guilt and mm -hmm. and all of that so yeah that's that's amazing that that's what you do as a job <laughs> yeah well it was really cool to find that that was a thing yeah and then once yeah. I found out it was a thing I was like cool how do I go about doing this and sort of figured that out um, and as I set up the business and as I started to see people, I also realized how important the actual counseling aspect is of it. Cause, um, it's really a two sided thing. Like one, the general support and generally being able to talk through things and general check-ins after the baby's born, all of those things are so good as like a, a nice safety net and a really good space. But then there are things, as you would know, as a mum, that you kind of like really need to unpack and really need time to talk about that isn't going to happen in a half hour session or that you may not want to talk about even in your own home if you know your mother-in-law's around or somebody you know like some some of these things we actually just need to talk about alone and just like get them outside of us 
Um, most of the time yeah. it is just getting out. Hey, just just having someone to listen to how we feel is not really the response as such. It's more just getting it out and having someone listen to them. Yeah, and also yeah. someone who can um, clarify what you are saying too because sometimes I think we have thoughts and they can be confusing. So when we speak them as words and someone else can hear them, they can be like, do you mean this or do you mean this? Or it sounds like this is happening because you really value such and such and you wouldn't have thought of that. But then it's like, yes, I do value, you know, um, my personal time and that's why this is so hard. Um, but, but, in, but in our head, we're just like, I really freaking hate that my husband gets to leave the house and I, sometimes I kind of want to lock the door so that, you know. He can just stay out there if he wants to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um, I just want to run through these quickly. I asked a few of our a uh, few of our followers are the things that they struggled the most with as new mums, and I just wanted to, I guess, read them out to you, and you can say a sentence re- response or yeah, just anything that comes to mind. So I'll read the first one. It says, "One of the mums uh, struggled with the high expectation of breastfeeding in certain cultures and in society in general. It's the pressure to." Breast is best, but sometimes that isn't the case, or it could be, you know, whether it's um, lactation problems or anything like that. Um, that, but that pressure is what she struggled with the most. So breastfeeding ha- usually comes up as one of the hardest things. Um, it's not something that I think, as a first-time mum, that you ever expect to be like that. Um, but you know, there's a 24-hour national helpline for breastfeeding, so that should be a pretty good indication that it can be challenging. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Yeah, but so, yeah, it goes oh, to show how how, how needed it is that they offer a 24-hour um, hotline for it. Expectation part is, I think, is where things go right there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the next one is. Uh, Another lady struggled with looking after herself. It's the eating healthy and the working out. I think it's more the finding time to look after yourself and the finding time to bounce back Um, that pressure, just the pressure around, um, you know, being that perfect looking mom that has time to work out and eat healthy amongst everything else. So that is hard in two ways. One is because, yes, finding time at the start and giving yourself some grace of like there is a survival mode um, time where you just actually do need to survive and put everything to the side for a second, which is really, really hard. And then on the flip side to that, when it is possible, these things are really important because obviously physical exercise helps our mental health. Um, So yeah, that it is a really tricky one. I think the thing to remember is for people to give themselves some grace at the start and some grace in how you get back to that. Definitely, Mm. definitely. Uh, Our next one is coming to the realisation that my life isn't about me anymore. Really tricky. Mm. Also because it. I think it depends. Like it definitely, life changes a thousand percent. Um, But I think... I think what I would love to see culturally is for is for it to be still about you. Like I don't think I think there's this like rhetoric around like the perfect mum gives all and sacrifices and like yes we will but I think what we should be aiming for is culturally a shift that that doesn't have to be the way 
and we don't have to give up ourselves, there yeah. is again a yeah. survival time frame. That, and I will always say that. I think the first few months, it can't be because our children need us. Like just literally that that's they just need us. But I do think there's there are ways um, in an ongoing way for us to make sure that we do put aside time for ourselves because we are still us. I, to- I totally agree with that. Okay, now last one is feeling guilty doing anything for myself or leaving my baby with someone. That can be really tricky, especially at the beginning when you're testing out leaving your baby with people and seeing um, if you feel comfortable. I think there's two sides to that. One is only start doing it when you are feeling comfortable or do it for short periods of time so that you can gradually build up to feeling comfortable. Um, And the other thing is um, scheduling in the time because I know like the reason people are feeling guilty is because they want to be a good mum but then we really can't be the best mum unless we look after ourselves and it is probably the major double-edged sword of parenthood or motherhood in particular um yeah we can't pour from an empty cup so it's tricky no no we can't and I think that's what it is it's um the pressure we put expectations on ourselves as new mums and then we get expectations from say societal and cultural expectations or our family expect us to be a certain way and when we don't meet those we almost feel like a failure or you know we feel like a bad mum and I want to talk about I want to touch on briefly about the societal and cultural pressure around being the perfect mom, you know, looking like you never had a baby, you know, the house has to always be clean. And how can someone not go crazy over this pressure that we put on ourselves? And at what point do we say um, it's okay for moms to need help and not be frowned upon that we need that kind of support? So I guess my question for you is what are some practical ways to help manage those emotions around the pressure? I think it is a tricky one because we're dealing with multiple generations normally in that. Um, I think our generation is getting quite good at um, accepting that things don't have to be perfect. And I think even as couples, our generation um, probably communicate better than any couples ever have. Um, So I think um, we're really lucky usually with um, partners, but I think it's the older generations and I mean, even still some younger people, but I think it's that pressure from them to be like, well, you know, I did it this way and we still, we still managed. Um, I'm lucky that my own mum was very chill as a mum. So she was just like, yeah, just, you know, let, let things go if they need to go and whatever. Um, but I know lots of people and potentially culturally as well, depending um, on everybody's backgrounds, um, there are just things that we need to be mindful of. But I, I would just say um, like your house is your house. So so if you have a partner, um, as long as you're on the same page and you're willing to kind of like go into these conversations together on the same page, then I think that's what matters. You know, you're, I always think like, you know, we're the ones who have to, you know, if people are telling you, okay, we, your child doesn't have to sleep. Um, well, that's fine. But are you going to be the one who has to put them to sleep later? No, I am. So I get to make the decisions you know, you're the one who's living in your house. You're the one who's doing all of these things. Um, This isn't to say that it's not hard, but I think rationally, if you can think of like your house is your house, your family is your family. And if you and your partner are on the same, generally on the same page, which can be tricky as well. (laughs) Yeah. um, 
I think our generation can change this for future generations. For example, my boys watch my husband cook dinner every day. So I don't think they're going to think yeah. it's weird to cook dinner yeah. when they're dads. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's funny you say that about it being your, you know, your house is your house. I think that well, I come from a quite a big family and, and my culture is very around, you know, you know, you have your auntie saying one thing, you have your mum saying one thing, but for me and because I'd stay with my partner and um, our son in our house I'm thinking at the end of the day I'm the one that's going to have to put him to sleep at the end of the day I'm going to be the one that's going to have to breastfeed him and put up with all the tantrums in between and yeah you kind of have to filter out that advice in a way to do what's right for you to do what's right for your partner and yeah what works best for you both and um I don't think any, I don't think, I don't actually think any of your family ever would want your mental health to be compromised because, because you thought that they wanted your house cleaner. Like at the end of the day, people who love you and care about you want you to be okay. And if for whatever reason that means that we need to put the laundry aside or that we like don't cook dinner for the week and we have to just order takeaway because we cannot cope that week because our child's been sick I don't think at the end of the day people care as much as we think they might about the other stuff no yeah no I agree I think sometimes we overthink what people think about our situation or yeah what we do and how we parent our child um you know we we can all experience, I guess, these postpartum emotions and sometimes it kind of goes past, I guess, they say the baby blues and it kind of leads into postpartum depression. Um, I think I just wanted to ask from your experience, uh, what or what does that look like for you? What does the symptoms look like for you and, and what are um, ways that people can recognise if they have postpartum depression or not? So I suppose I, am, I do not diagnose it, but if I'm just going to be like generally... If people haven't heard of baby blues before, normally it's something that like our hormones drop. Uh, the It's the largest drop of hormones in any mammal on earth at any time. When you have a baby and you go to postpartum, it's, it's the equivalent of taking a hundred pills, um, like the contraceptive pill, to, to nothing in a day. That's why we kind of lose it a little bit over wow, that time. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, so the baby blues happen um, post that hormone drop um, and we get mood swings, we can feel anxious, we can feel sad, we can be very irritable, we can feel quite overwhelmed, Um, people might be crying, um, have appetite issues, trouble sleeping and things, but this is all like, you know, a baby has just come out of our body at that point. So it's, it's a massive thing. Um, that can last for a couple of weeks and then it usually subsides as, you know, you get physically um, back to normal and as your hormones level out. However, postpartum depression is more, it's more around symptoms that last longer or are more intense or start to like really impact your ability to do things. Anxiety and depression can actually come up during pregnancy as well. So I think that's one important thing to say because I think people think that it's an after thing but it can very much start coming up beforehand yeah yeah Yeah. or during pregnancy um a a lot of people experience it during pregnancy um but long-term postpartum depression can start anytime during pregnancy up to the first year after your baby is born that's when it is diagnosable um and it's more like depressed mood 
and severe mood swings or excessive crying. Sometimes people find it hard to bond with their baby as well during this time. And they do the usual things that you would do if you're not feeling well, like withdrawing from your family and friends, um, losing your appetite. Uh, but it's more of like the extremely overwhelming feelings, um, extreme anger, extreme loss of energy, feelings of lost hope and those types of things, feelings that you're not a good mother, um, panic attacks, all of those types of things. But um and actually even thoughts of harming yourself or your baby. And this is something that isn't talked about a lot because I think people find it a bit scary, but um, the leading cause of maternal death is suicide. So I don't think people take it as seriously as it possibly should as be taken. Should be. And I, yeah, I think people are experiencing this because it's such a taboo. Like as a mum, it would, it you couldn't, I know basically I know lots and lots and lots of people who lie when they go to the doctor and have to fill out the forms about this because they know if they wrote how they actually feel they're going to get diagnosed with something um and I don't know um I don't know how to make people feel better about that other than what I'm doing and trying to normalize that a lot of the feelings that we have are like really normal reactions to a really huge shift. It's just that if they impact our ability to actually look after ourselves, our children, if it means that we're, people are going to be harmed, then then that we need to be drawing the line well before any of that happens. Definitely, definitely, and I think it's and I think it's really important. Um, I guess everything that you've um, pointed out, the symptoms, because most of my listeners are normally young mums in early twenties, and and say don't have a stable relationship. They've kind of just, you know, had a child or young couples um, really and not knowing or not here. Cause I, I know for me, I never had or never had seen any of these conversations around about the feelings that you've, you know, the emotions that you go through as a new mum. And for a bit there, I kind of thought, do I have a, you know, a level of, you know, postpartum depression, because I feel like that there are levels to this. There is the extreme, how you were saying, you know, you want to harm yourself, you want to harm your child. And I have spoken to people that have gotten to that point where they want to harm themselves they want to harm their kid and it's it's just it comes in waves um they say because I was really intrigued and and then I questioned why they didn't reach out to me but then again I feel like I wouldn't have responded in a way because I don't know what it is and I don't know how or what you experienced so I feel like my response wouldn't have been any help to them and you know for a bit there you kind of feel like you know I don't have my life anymore or my, my whole life is dedicated to your son so you kind of have lost yourself um, in a massive um, way so to hear those symptoms I'm kind of glad that for everyone listening that they're that they make themselves aware um, of the things that they feel and that they're natural and that they're normal because I think that's what it is I think we feel that oh you know maybe I am a bad mum because I feel these things but in all honesty it's everyone feels um, this everyone but- feels some level of these things I think the main thing in this whole thing is if it's at the tipping point where you you're starting to really feel hopeless and this is lasting for a really long time and it's not just because you have two weeks of your baby being sick and that's really hard or you know it's not just because you need to change jobs or you know there are there are environmental things that happen during this time but this is like if it's long term and if it's more severe then obviously that's when you really need to do something fast. And otherwise I would just say like, that's why I'm doing the service that I'm doing so that, you know, like 
you can just have somebody who's just checking in and just getting the things off before they become really big. Um, but like you're talking about for your listeners, because a lot of um, them might be young mums or and even young single mums or just, you know, in a relationship where, you know, it's like it's hard enough. I, I was with my husband for like 10 years or something before we had our baby and we were like the age that you're supposed to have a baby when you're like 30 you know like <laughs> we did all of the things and we we're married and blah 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 whatever and it still is the biggest shake-up I remember I listened to I think it was one of Michelle Obama's books and she says every baby that you have in a relationship is like um you know when they build cars and when they test to see if something's wrong with the car there's like this huge thing that comes down and like shakes the crap out of the car (laughs) and if if things were a little bit broken they'll all fall off right yeah yeah that's her analogy of what it does to your relationship every time you have a baby grabs your car shakes it out and if your door was like falling off that that door's gone if your seat was you know squeaking your seat's probably gone too you know so like if you had like little things that were going on in your relationship everything is amplified so obviously if you haven't been in your relationship for very long or if you're both new to long-term relationships and then you add a baby on top of that that is a huge thing and it's definitely something that's great to have somebody else to talk about it with because oftentimes you will not be able to figure it out between the two people involved yeah no 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 definitely not (laughs) um I know and I sometimes I because I only have the one child but I feel like as you like you said as you keep having children it adds on another level of pressure adds on another level of set of emotions trying to having to juggle not one in yourself, but now one, two or three and, and so on and so forth. So yeah, having to, um, for yourself being a postpartum doula, having someone that, cause I did see that you do shopping do you, or do you, do you, there are things that you do that are just very basic just to help out around the house? Yep. Literally like whatever. And this is, this goes in two directions. One, if you hate shopping, send me Two, if you like shopping, I can come with you and hold your baby. Do you know? Like, oh my goodness. If you hate doing washing, I'll do it. If you'd rather hang your own undies up, I'll hold your baby. That's how it rolls. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah. just basically wow. it is- giving you some control back. Yeah. And sometimes it's those basic things that we need. I didn't know this. And I, my mum came and dropped off a whole load of shopping the first week I had my son. Um, and I'm wondering, oh, I'll be fine, but I didn't understand how much I needed that and how, how grateful I was to have that. Cause even just doing shopping and having someone do cooking for you for that first week makes a massive, massive difference. So that's cool that there's someone out yeah. there that can do that for you or just to keep you company, um, in a way. Yeah. And that, yeah. I think that, yeah, that's also the main thing. It's like, you know, people right. might sort of be like, yeah, cool. You can do the stuff for me. And that maybe that's why originally they book me, but then throughout the whole thing it is just having somebody else who's like done this pretty recently can be like yeah this is hard or yes this part's awesome you know um right. but just like validating validating yeah, yeah. Really. that support is so important and I think I seen a one of your posts you mentioned that seeking seeking support shouldn't be a luxury it should be a necessity um why do you think as a society we've kind of shifted towards that I think that's how the world works like I think you know often as a society just don't do something until something's wrong but I think it's also to do with the fact that um this is women's work and for a really long time you know we live in the patriarchy and that's just how it is at the moment I think that's changing slowly slowly what I was thinking yeah is that this is supposed to be a woman's job not a man's Hmm. job and and if you ask for help it means that 
you're not doing your job properly or you're, you weren't ready for this kind of thing. That um, it's not, we don't have a dollar figure on it so nobody can understand it. You know, like everything else has a dollar figure. Everything else has like, you know, you go to school and you have tests and you have standards and you have whatever. You know, having a baby is like literally the only thing that we don't have to study for. You know, I have to study if I want to do anything else on earth pretty much. But create a human and figure that out. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing for it. You're on no your course. own. <laughs> You'll be yeah. fine. Um, no, we won't because our, we're not set up for success. We've literally gone to school from the time we're like five and we have always studied so that we can do something. Then we always have like, you know, a mentor or a manager at work so that we have somebody to support us and, you know, someone who's done things before so that they might be able to help us as we grow and motherhood is like essentially or parenthood is the, essentially the only thing that we don't do that for and I just think that's completely wild and it's yeah it's uh, this is the shift I guess yeah yeah no for sure um, I guess my question for a lot of listeners and for myself as well is, is how do you manage to juggle um, working full-time essentially and raising your raising your kids and being a wife as well how do you manage to juggle um, or what are some practical ways you have like applied to your life um, that maybe we could as well yeah I think I'm still learning um, the boys go to daycare my eldest goes three days a week my other goes two um, so I only do my like formal work days two days a week I sometimes work in nap times. I sometimes work at night time. I sometimes work on weekends. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of like mold that around, around to be flexible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Um, um, but I practice what I preach in terms of like when I need it, I seek counseling because it's helpful, like to have someone who's not in my family and to be like, these are the things that are hard right now and work through that with somebody who isn't involved. Um, and I just try and make sure that somewhere in there, I get to do some things for myself. Um, work is a massive thing for me for myself as well. So that's why I'm finding the balance. Um, but I think it is just finding what works and some people, you know, everybody has a different version. People in my mother's group, like, some people went back to work full-time really early because work is really what fills their cup in life and that it was worth doing. Others didn't go back to work or did casual work. Yeah. And then there's yeah. those of us in between who did part-time. So I think it's about just trying things out and never being afraid to keep changing things because things change. Your baby will change as you've even seen. The yeah. difference between a newborn and a 14 month old or 13 month old is wild. So Definitely. the same difference applies for the next year and the next year. Um, and yeah, there's just seasons for things. So yeah, I did do the awesome. hard yards for three years of like not really doing much and being on leave and trying to sort out my mat leave and now I'm coming out the other side of that and just trying to fit things in where I can. Yeah, definitely. No, that's awesome that you're able to juggle that. And I hope that um, we were able to um, take something something from that. Um, I'm going to ask you some quick fire, uh, three fire questions. Uh, one word answers. Does it, okay. <laughs> does it have to be anything, anything massive? Um, but the first question is, what is the worst advice you've ever received? To, to go out in the sun and sun my nipples to prepare them for <laughs> breastfeeding. <laughs> for breastfeeding. <laughs> what the hell? Do not do that. Do oh, not. that's amazing. <laughs> um, the second question is, uh, what do you know now that you wish you knew back then? Just that 
it gets better. Mm. And last one is if you could create one law that everyone had to follow, what would it be? Oh. Get a postpartum doula. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That's no, totally honestly, biased I one. <laughs> How much better the world would be if we all had a postpartum doula, honestly. Okay. Um, before I, I, I guess, close up, is there anything that you feel on your heart that you want to share that we haven't covered or anything that, um, yeah, that you want to touch on before I close? I guess just the one thing is for anybody who's going through their postpartum or feeling like they don't know what's going on. I think that my main point is just reach out to someone and if you're not getting the answers that you need from that somebody, change it up. And if you're still not getting answers that you need, um, do try and seek some professional support because um, like I said before, none of your friends or family want you to ever feel like you don't have another option. Thanks for that. Um, and where can or how can people reach you? So um, I am on Instagram at together.pnp and my website is www.togetherpnp.com.au but my Instagram is kind of where everything is at. Awesome. Okay, cool. Oh, thanks so much, Jama, for this no conversation. Worries, I This is the thing I love about podcasts is having being able to chat to people like you and I honestly, I wish you all the best in your business. And Thank guys, you. don't forget she, that she does run a, a podcast. So that's called Postpartum Like a Boss. Oh yeah, probably yeah. should have plugged that myself. But yeah, <laughs> listen, and it has um lots of stories about professionals who have gone and done the postpartum transition. But I mean, I think it applies to everyone because there's some really great lessons on what people have learnt um about themselves in that postpartum period. Everybody who I've interviewed has um had at least one baby and one year's worth of postpartum experience to um share. Yeah, see, and that'll be good. So, guys, don't forget, jump on, have a listen to her podcast. And, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed it and you're able to take something from it. And I hope you all have a good day.